Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lisa H., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Tennessee. Today is Wednesday, January the 19th, uh, 2022, and this is a 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. We are reading from the Big Book, and we're on page 160, reading the second paragraph that begins, Many a Man Yet Dazed, and we'll be reading and commenting on that one paragraph. Today's readers are Reggie O for the 12 Steps, Jean S for the 12 Traditions. The text is Devorah S, Nancy T. Our newcomer greeter is Alana P, and our second hour host is Leah S. And thank you for your service this morning. The reference numbers for yesterday, Tuesday, January the 18th, 2022, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 18,421. That's 18421. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, it's 18,422. That's 18422. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors, and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Reggie O to please read the 12 steps. Thanks so much uh, for your service. My name is Reggie O. Good morning, everybody. I'm currently living in Texas, and these are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 
And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks so much, and I'll pass. Thank you, Reggie O. And I'll now ask Jean S. to please read the 12 traditions. Good morning. This is Jean S. from Utah, and I'll be reading the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Our co- Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, I do hear background. Uh, Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And uh, thank you for the opportunity to share, and I pass. Thank you, Jean S. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book. We are on page 160, and we are on the second paragraph that begins, Many a man yet dazed 
And I'll now ask Lay, uh, excuse me, Devorah S. to please get us started. Thank you so much, Lisa. Good morning, everyone. And thank you all for making this meeting possible. My name is Devorah S. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. Many a man yet dazed from his hospital experience has stepped over the threshold of that home into freedom. Many an alcoholic who entered there came away with an answer. He succumbed to that gay crowd inside who laughed at their own misfortunes and understood his. Impressed by those who visited him at the hospital, he capitulated entirely when later in an upper room of, his ha of this house, he heard the story of some man whose experience closely tallied with his own. The expression on the faces of the women, that indefinable something in the eyes of the men, the stimulating and electric atmosphere of the place conspired to let him know that there was haven at last. And where am I? Just a second. Here I am. Okay. So um, I read this paragraph to myself yesterday and there was a lot of words here that I looked up um, um, because I just wanted to make sure I I understand what we're saying over here. This this paragraph is a tremendous paragraph for me. You know, it's telling me in in so many words that that I came to this place here, my my home. These people came to this home, and where I come every day to a meeting, you know, and I I just hear so much hope here. You know, these people succumbed. They they surrendered to the people inside, to the gay crowd inside. They were sent, they were listening to a message of hope and they surrendered and they saw people who was able to share their experience, strength and hope. And they wanted that too. Uh, another, they capitulated, they surrendered again, um, upstairs in a, 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 where they heard their stories being told. Um, and it, it matched up to their own story. You know, how often I come here to this place and I, I hear my story being told coming out of someone else's mouth. And I'm thinking, wow, this is where I belong. And again, I'm not, you know, this is this is the answer over here. And of course, you know, the last couple of sentences says they found something in the eyes of the men, and the atmosphere, the stimulating electric atmosphere of that place. You know, it just it reminds me of like the last time I went to a, you know, the the Vision for You conference in Newark. You know, certainly the air was filled with electricity. The people were there. Everybody was so excited um, um, and to share their experience, strength, and hope. And the messages that I heard, you know, it was, it let me know that there was, this was a safe place, and haven, a safe place. And haven reminded me of the word heaven, you know, like it comes from the same word. And, you know, we hear that word, I, I, you know, where did I hear that before? On, on page 125 where it talks about, you know, um, um, getting catapulted into the third, fourth dimension. Um, was it that page? Where, I'm sorry. Here, I'm sorry. On page, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's on page 25. We have found much of heaven, and we have been rocketed into a fourth dimension of existence we have never even dreamed. So, like this, this paragraph over here is just. I find it's full of promises of what could be if I just surrender and um, and do what you do. 
and work these steps and grow towards God. And um, miracles are promised here because here there is a solution and we have fellowship here that, that brings us towards it. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Devorah, for getting us started. That was Devorah S. And although we value your experience, we do ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you've shared on any of the vision meetings on Monday or Tuesday, we ask you to hold back and let others share. And who would like to share on what was read this morning? Lisa Okay, I got Nancy P. I got Lisa B. and Nancy P. I'm sorry, that's all I got. Tina S. L. Reva B. Dara L. Oh, I missed somebody. Savannah G. Christina J. Tina S. Okay, I got Tina. Reva P. Christina. Okay, let me tell you who I have, and I missed I missed one other person, and I'll I'll get get them. I have Lisa B. Nancy P. Tina S. Reba P, Dara L, Christina J, and somebody's not unmuted. If everybody would check to be sure um, that you're muted, star one. So um, let's go with that list, and and hopefully um, whoever I missed. Oh, thank you, Silvana G. You're the last one on that list. All right, Lisa B, you're up, followed by Nancy P. Good morning, Lisa. Thank you so much for your service and for everyone that's here. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in South Carolina. What a powerful reading. You know, that word, uh, he succumbs to the gay crowd inside. And I was like, that word, succumb, succumb. And I remembered in the doctor's opinion, you know, it says, uh, we seek that ease and comfort. I'm a comfort-seeking missile. I will always be a comfort-seeking missile. And it talks about after they have succumbed to the desire again, as so many do, right? So back to this paragraph today, he succumbed now to the gay crowd inside. That's why I need to have recovered voices. I need to have recovered people around me because this illness tells me it's not possible to be recovered. This illness is based in the lie that this is a hopeless disease, that there is no solution. Oh, there's a lot of um, rustling of papers and everything. It almost sounds like a washing machine shaking (laughs) out of balance. All right, thank you. So it says uh, he succumbed to the gay crowd inside. So I need to hear these recovered voices so that I can I can surrender. And you know, I had to look up that word capitulated. That's not a word I use, and I had to look it up. It means surrender entirely, you know, and I need to take this book, the set of directions, literally. I need to surrender to this set of directions. I need to surrender in how it works. It says if you want what we have and are willing to go to any length. That's like the the step zero. Like, do I want what you have? You know, I have to first say, I want what you have. I'm willing. I'm willing to go to any length. You know, and then it talks about um, he capitulated entirely. He heard the story of some man whose experience closely tallied his own. The expressions on the faces. You know what that expression is, that light? To me, when I see it in myself and in others, it's a relationship with a living God. That's the solution. That's the solution. The problem has been removed. That's the whole purpose of this book, gaining access to a power greater than myself that can solve my problem. So I'm grateful to be here. Thank you so much, Lisa, and for everyone that's here. I pass.
Thank you, Lisa B. And Nancy P., you're up, followed by Tina S. Hi, good morning. Thank you so much for letting me share. Nancy P., recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts. Um, I agree with um, um, Devorah and Lisa B. about surrender. You know, I feel validated because I keep saying surrender, surrender, surrender. That's the only thing that um, that worked for me. All the other things that I ever tried never worked, right? Here are some of the methods we tried. All of the methods that I tried never worked. But, you know, not only was surrender, you know, haven, that's what the haven was um, for me. It, this to me, you know, this electric atmosphere, um, you know, it just goes to show you that fellowship with other compulsive readers is the most important thing that I can do to um, bolster my surrender. You know, I went to, um, I went to California for a couple of weeks. Um, I say I went to the birthday party. It was all remote. It was all on Zoom. And I went and I stayed with an OA friend. I never had any OA friends in my life. You know, I just passed my 51st year in this program and I only made friends four years ago. And, um, you know, I, I, some other people that were local to, to my friend came over. You know, we got together, we're all vaxxed and boosted, so we, we were able to see each other. And they hugged me and they said how good it was to see me. And, I, you know, everybody that shared practically, you know, that spoke at that meeting, at that conve- at the, the birthday party, you know, there were many tears shed because everybody was crying for joy that they have a solution and that they're one of many. Um, you know, and there's nothing quite like it, even on any, you know, any meeting. People are like thumping the tables. They're so thrilled. And, um, you know, I just maintain, you know, fellowship the verb, talking to other compulsive overeaters, being one of many, being part of something, having a fellowship spring up around me. You know, I used to read that in, in meetings and I'd think to myself, speak for yourself, you know, leave me alone. And everybody said, okay, Nancy, we'll do that. And, and today, you know, every time somebody calls me, I say, they say, well, I just, I liked what you said, or I just, I, you know, I wanted to call you or, you know, and they give all these conditions. And my, I always say, I'm so glad that I made the cut, you know, like that, I, that I'm getting the call instead of somebody else. Um, I just love it. And I'm so grateful that this isn't one and done, that we go through this book over and over and over again. Um, and anybody who wants to call me, I'm in the book. Thank you. I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy P. And Tina S., you're up, followed by Reva P. Thanks so much, Lisa. Tina S., recovered compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida. Yeah, ditto, ditto, ditto for everybody who shared this morning. You know, my head's getting sore from shaking up and down. And, you know, certainly after a wonderful recharge of the weekend, the birthday party, it was absolutely fabulous you know and and it gives me chills when I think about when I first came in because this too reminds me of of going to a meeting you know when I first came in I certainly related not that I really thought I wanted what you had but I certainly related and I felt at home you know that that uh, safe place for the haven you know and I too had to look up some of the words capitulated you know and what I my uh, definition that I really liked was stop resisting you know and what 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 a wonderful idea, you know, to come into here and to hear somebody share my experience, you know, that I knew I was not alone, 
you know, and, and it's just to come to the gay crowd inside. You know, most meetings I go to, even at the birthday party, you know, you, if you logged on to a meeting early, everybody was laughing. Everybody was so excited. That was not my life before it came to Overeaters Anonymous, for sure. You know, and I was impressed. I certainly was impressed. And I wanted to stick around, you know. Uh, and I stayed on most of the weekend, which is, you know, for me, I you know, spoke to one of my sponsors, and it was like, you know, because I, I have, you know, we all have a lot going on once we get in recovery, you know. But I was just enthralled, you know, and I just wanted to be a part of. And that's how that was. And that is just through God's grace and being, you know, relieving myself of my alcoholic foods and haven't had a spiritual awakening through the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. Can I do this stuff? You know, and then to, to be at home at last and uh, some great stuff. So I really look forward to hearing what everybody else has to share. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Tina S. And Reva P., you're up, followed by Dara L. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, So what strikes me in this paragraph is um, this is describing to me what the characteristics of a healthy OA meeting are. Um, Is the atmosphere electric? Are people walking away with an answer? Is there a message of depth and weight by people who are recovered? And that's what I'm hearing. You know, people share about the birthday party. Um, That's what we get at this meeting. Um, So it's sort of like almost a checklist of, you know, what meetings should look like. Um, But what strikes me personally the most is, you know, I was dazed when I came in. I didn't know I was in a food fog. I didn't know how foggy I was until I got defogged, which included the physical detox by putting down my alcoholic foods, ingredients, behaviors, and then all all the busyness in my head um, started clearing out. Um, And, you know, it's mentioning this word succumb or capitulate entirely more than once. So it it, um, sort of hints to me, what am I succumbing to? What am I succumbing to? Am I succumbing to the food? Am I succumbing to old beliefs and ideas and white-knuckled abstinence? Um, Am I driven by the isms of this disease? And what is the real answer? Um, To give up resistance, surrender entirely, entirely to what? Um, You know, by putting down the substances and and doing the work to clear the the thinking, um, I succumb to a power. And that word electric, to me, electricity implies, um, you know, it's traveling, something's traveling, and it's got power. And are we transmitting power through the meeting? Um, Am I accessing power and then transmitting power uh, one-on-one when I work with others? Um, Yeah, and then Haven, I didn't really like being here. I didn't want to have to be here, but I did feel some kind of like, ah, relief. I'm I'm sort of home. and I don't even know if I was so conscious of it. And you know, this business, the indefinable something, again, I didn't know what this program was. I didn't know what people had. But I saw the person who was a newcomer greeter who met me at the door had the indefinable something, and that was more attractive than the weight loss. Um, so great paragraph, and with that, I pass. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you, Reva P. And Dara L., you're up, followed by Christina J. 
Hi, great. Thanks so much for your service. I'm Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Philadelphia. Ah, this paragraph, it brought me back. Um, So I was 12 steps by a guy that I was in a relationship with, um, and he brought me to an AA meeting. He said, you know, you are with food the way I am with drugs and alcohol. And so he took me to this AA big book meeting, and I walked in, and everyone had that you know, um, indefinable something like the light of God was just emanating out of these people. And I hated it. I I was like, Oh, like, this is terrifying to me. And I remember leaving that meeting and going home and binging and purging and being like, Oh, that was like, I never ever, ever want to feel like those crazy God people, you know, those people that are so alive. Like it's, I was I was chasing death. You know, I had zero interest in having what those people had and zero interest in, I I didn't understand. Like I didn't understand why people were laughing. I didn't think life was, I thought life was meaningless and then you died. You know, I wanted no part of any of that joy and that exuberance. And, um, and it's, you know, I, I love that people have been talking about, you know, succumbing and capitulating because that is my experience. My experience is, is that, um, I actually didn't really want that light. You know, there was so much in me that was so damaged and ashamed and self-hating and hating of other people that, like, I showed up to the party, even the party of vision for you, and I was like, ugh, you people, you know? <laughs> I didn't, I don't know, I didn't understand why people were laughing. I didn't, I, I couldn't connect with the light of love. And, um, and so my experience really was that I did have to succumb. I did have to capitulate. I did have to say, you know, I don't believe any of this is going to work for me. And I think y'all are crazy. And I, I, and I, I think you're making it up, but I'll, you know, but I'll, I'll do it because, um, you know, it talks about hearing the stories of those who really did understand and, and relating and identifying. And for me, like that was the thing people told me that they felt the way that I felt, which was like hating ever homicidal and suicidal and all that jazz. Um, and I had like a sliver of belief that maybe, just maybe, they meant it. And so I was willing to walk that path. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought I, I, there was no part of me that wanted to feel lit up by life. Um, I just wanted to stop killing myself a little bit more um, than, you know, than I, than I wanted to do this work or whatever. I don't know. I was just willing to do the work. But um, certainly for me, it was about succumbing to the joy because the, you know, the disease was so advanced that I, I, I was really repelled. Like I recoiled as if from a hot flame um, from all you people at this fellowship and all the stuff that today lights me up inside. Um, so I just wanted to share that in case that was helpful for someone new or who, you know, is feeling today like I felt um, when I crawled back into these rooms. Um, and I'll pass. And thank you so much for your service. Thank you, Dara L. And Christina J., you're up, followed by Silvana G. Good morning. Christina J. from the state of Washington, recovered for today by God's grace. When I first came in, I was living alone in misery, isolation and shame and loneliness. I was horribly embarrassed, hiding in big clothes, not going to events because I was ashamed of myself, um, couldn't share it with anyone, didn't feel like anyone around me was had this problem. I was in and out of rooms, but it, the message was not there for me. And um, I was just desperate to find an answer for years and years and years and searching through every 
scientific and medical journal and, you know, just reading every article that came along that talked about brain chemistry being wrong and what you need to take and all this stuff, just uh, white-knuckling through starvation diets and starvation routines and, you know, then ending up back in the food and how, you know, that's such a moral demoralization that you can't even make it through a diet, you know. Um, so when I came into vision, what I heard was stories, just like this guy. He's sucked in by these stories. He hears his story. He feels this um, connection. So, but when I first got my big book, years before I found vision, what did I do? I went right to the chapter, there's a solution, and then what happened? The book went back on the shelf because I didn't read the stories. I read the solution part, but I didn't read the stories in the back of the book. So when I came to vision, I heard the stories, and I heard myself, and I heard sunlight of the spirit, and I heard joy, and I heard, and I heard a miracle. And this is what this guy is finding as he goes to this, this house. And what I find in visions, and I'm electrified by the live meetings. For, for years I listened to the uh, recorded meetings, but there's something about being live with you guys and feeling the vulnerability and realness and humbleness of your hearts. You understand. It's a haven here for me every day, not just in the beginning when I was getting recovered, but today because I still walk in darkness and I still got to reach for the light. You know, there's healing here. True soul healing. On the on the on the OA birthday party this weekend, I was just shocked and amazed at how many young people there were. What a miracle! I wish I would have found it when I was young. We're holding the light for the young people. We're setting the future for the young people. This message is so crucial for the people that are suffering in the world. My niece is a compulsive overeater. I spoke to a friend last night who was a compulsive overeater who said she's going to give up food and TV. Knows nothing about the program. I was able to share a few tidbits, but nothing that would push her towards, because she's not ready. She doesn't like OA programs, you know. So, But I felt so bad for her because she said how she had to sit and suffer through these feelings, and she wasn't going to reach for the food or turn on the TV, but she made it to the other side, a total white-knuckling experience. And I, the one thing I did say, you don't have to do this alone. You know, you can reach out to God. That I was able to say because she does have a connection there. I said, you can just cry out to God to help you. And I hope that I'm able to share this with her in more great detail as we go along because it's just awful to feel someone suffering because I remember how I suffered. So our stories, our darkest past is our greatest gift to this program. So I'm so grateful to be a part of all this with you, and thank you so much for letting me share. I love you all. Thank you, Christina J. and Silvana G. You're up. Hi, um, Savannah G. I actually asked a question yesterday, so I think I better take myself off the list. Oh, thank you for that, Savannah. Yeah. Appreciate that. Um, so we are on page 160 in the big book, and we have read the second paragraph, and we're sharing on that paragraph that begins, many a man yet dazed. Who else would like to share on what was read? Uh, I heard Leia F. Reggie O. Jen A. Okay, hang on. Somebody from Texas. Reggie O. Jen A. Okay, let me back up just a second. Leia F. And then someone from Texas? Lou B. From Texas. Lou B. From Texas. Reggie O. Jen A. Anyone else? Bonnie Rick J. Rick J. And Bonnie? Leia F. Okay, hang on, Leah M. I think I better stop there. So let me tell you who I have, who I heard. 
Leah F, Lou B, Reggie O, Jen A, Rick J, Bonnie, you'll have to give me a first initial of your last name, and Leah M. Let's go with that. We'll see if we have any more time. Leah S, please share with us. Thank you. Thank you very much. What a beautiful meeting. My name is Leah S. Recovered and very grateful in Brooklyn, New York. Um, There's one thing that stood out for me in the entire um, paragraph, and that is he succumbed to that gray crowd inside who laughed at their own misfortunes and understood Mm. his. And what that meant to me is exactly what had happened. That, first of all, um, from the entire paragraph, it just says what I used to be like. I used to isolate. I was never, even if I was invited to any kind of event or a fair, and, and, and the people knew me and whatever, but I wouldn't know everybody, and not everybody would smile and welcome me. But you know what? When I went into a meeting or when I went to any convention, Everyone smiled that welcoming smile. There was such, there was something in that eyes that really stuck to me. It just pulled me. It was like the truth just came out and made me feel welcome. And and, and that's what the the haven meant. That you know, if you come on, whatever, whichever, wherever you are, you are just welcomed. You are welcomed to recovery. This is this is something that is that that we understand. We 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 both we both have been through, and it, it doesn't really mean laugh at my misfortune, but it means that look at that. Misfortune doesn't have to be misfortune at this point in my life. It really doesn't have to continue being that. And um, that's all I wanted to share. Thank you for letting me. Thank you, Leah S. And Lou B., you're up, followed by Reggie O. Good morning. This is Lou B. from Texas. I'm really glad to be here um, today. And so the word dazed in the very first line um, is what I'd like to talk about. I looked it up, and it means bewildered. And, you know, if I was anything when I got here, I was bewildered. I was confused, and I was, you know, I had tried all the tricks. Well, I hadn't tried all the tricks in my bag when I got in the rooms, but, you know, I had tried a lot of tricks and to try to control my eating and try to understand why I did the things I did um, with food. Yeah, you know, he was bewildered, yet bewildered from his hospital experience. And so this is a newcomer we're talking about, somebody who has just, you know, gotten the first tastes of what it feels like to come out of that fog and darkness. And, um, you know, what did he do? He stepped into freedom. And, you know, freedom is what I find in these rooms. You know, I'm powerless. I'm powerless over food, but I'm powerless over a lot of other stuff, too. And this is where I learned how to tap into the infinite, um, generously given, you know, I don't know, all-encompassing power of my higher power that, you know, the, the great thing about my higher power is he's got all this power and he just gives it to me freely, you know, just in abundance. And um, that really does give me freedom. And I don't know. That's all I've got to say today. I'm glad to be with you guys. And uh, thanks for letting me share our past. Thank you, Lou B. And Reggie O, you're up, followed by Jen A. 
Hi, thanks again, Lisa. This is Reggio, uh, also in Texas. And boy, I, you know, this takes me back to um, June 9th, 1985, when I first walked into my um, when I walked into my first OA meeting. And uh, following up on yesterday, I I kind of came in and through um, Al-Anon or ACOA. Uh, because I was just really looking at the impact that it had had on my life. And one day after doing that, I woke up and said to myself, I'm an alcoholic with food. I had no idea there was a there was an OA. And within two weeks, two friends had told me about OA and about this meeting in, uh, at the old Cambridge Baptist Church in Harvard Square. And I walked in. And this is what I experienced. I was so fortunate to have that meeting as a first meeting because I actually experienced the, you know, the expression on the faces of the people there, the something in the eyes, the stimulating and electric atmosphere. It was it was all there. And the woman, uh, and and also it was the heard the story of someone whose experience closely tallied with his own. The woman who was the speaker that night. Um, I didn't have her weight story, but every she 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 was like used to be at least twice the size she was standing there, and brought a pair of overalls to uh, prove it that she held up in front of herself. But there were there really was the stimulating and electric atmosphere. There was something in the eyes and in the room of, with those people that was absolutely amazing. And that that woman told my story, uh, my shameful story. You know, a lot of the shame of my story of being a compulsive overeater uh, was absolutely amazing. And I was taken over to my first sponsor who was blind. Uh, sometime later, she uh, she was legally blind. Sometime later, as a result of the program and her food, she actually uh, became unlegally. She actually became, she, she got her, a lot of her vision back such that she was no longer uh, legally blind. So a lot of miracles, a lot of light. And, I, and I'm also struck when this happens, you know, when I see this in the big book, when uh, when Ebby Thatcher came to see Bill W. And Bill was not sober. He was drinking. And yet what he said was uh, when Ebby walked in the door, there he stood, fresh-skinned and glowing. There was something about his eyes, you know. And we, we don't have, we don't get to see, but we can almost see on the line because the atmosphere is here. The electricity is here. The stories are here. And uh, uh, thank you. Yeah, you know, just this has been a beautiful way to go into the new year with a vision for you. So appreciate everybody on the line. And I'll pass. Thank you, Reggie O. And Jen A., you're up, followed by Rick J. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service today. My name is Jen A. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater here in Littleton, Colorado. And I just, I love it. I love the meeting this morning and all the shares um, and everybody on the line. I love it when it says it in here. He heard the story of some man whose experience closely tallied with his own. Thank you, God, for the, for the <coughs> rooms of Overeaters Anonymous. Thank you for a place where we can come and not just hear a message of depth and weight. I know we say that all the time, but a message of truth, a message of honesty, where we get to get really real. And that's what I heard this weekend on the birthday party um, in uh, Los Angeles. And I've been hearing it in L.A. for six years in that birthday party. And I hear it at the Vision for You convention in 2019, where I met the opening speaker who spoke today. And I looked at the sparkle in her eyes. And we sat there face to face. And we, we chatted about recovery. And we held each other accountable. That's what this program is about, right? It's about accountability. It's, a coming, it's about coming side by side with another human being um, with the answer. 
not to make people feel good, not to pat them on the back and to love them too much to death because that didn't work for me the first year that I came into OA. But when the solution was shared with me, when the man who took my hand and opened these pages brought the big book alive to me, and I began to read the words, and I began to answer the questions and pray the prayers, the promises began to, began, began to come true. And today, five and a half years later, they're still coming true. So if you're here today and you hear these stories, welcome. Step over the threshold into freedom. I'm reminded of that show that I watched as a kid um, back in the day. It's called Cheers, right? Where everybody knows your name. Um, because it says at the beginning, making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Get out of the food. Come to Overeaters Anonymous. Come read this big book. Don't just read it. Don't just sit here. Take the action. Get alongside of us. Grab a sponsor. Do the work. See if your life will be changed. Mine's changed today miraculously, and I don't ever want to go back to the way that I was living. Thank you, God, for saving a girl like me. And I'll pass. Thank you, Jen A. And Rick J., you're up, you're, you're up followed by Bonnie. Bonnie, if you'll give me the first initial of your last name when you share. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Rick J. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in North Carolina. Love this paragraph. Love listening to the shares. And one thing that was really striking me, I think, is the, um, you know, he, um, you know, he's he's uh, listening to, you know, like the uh, the gay crowd inside. They're laughing. You know, he's hearing that laughter and that, uh, you know, that something going on, that incredible energy, which for me, it's like this spiritual energy and spiritual connection that we have, um, you know, with each other through that connection we have with that freedom of recovery and, and most of all our higher power, which is already been mentioned and but you know the juxtaposition of you know of where he's at right now you know the the man there you know he's at the threshold right and he's looking in and he's there's it's kind of pulling him in right that uh you know that uh the laughter that connection and um you know on um you know when bill's at the uh in the lobby you know on, on 154 you know one end of the room stood a glass-covered directory of local churches. Down the lobby, a door opened into an attractive bar. He could see the gay crowd inside, and there he would find companionship and release. You know, he's looking for that. You know, he's trying to find it. It's not going to be there. And and I see that where I've, I've been looking. I've been looking for that, you know, that connection, and I could never find it. I, I couldn't. And And then when I'm, you know, and then I'm all of a sudden I'm around – people who understand me and love me for who I am. I don't have to be anybody other than who I am. And I'm accepted and understood and loved and welcomed, you know, and that laughter is for me, laughter is the most important part of, of that expression of, of love and joy. You know, for me to be laughing, it's, it's freedom. It really is freedom, this this certain connection, and, you know, it's all about fellowship. Yes, we work a 12-step program, but if, if I walked into a room and they just gave me, you know, a big book and said, all right, go recover and <laughs> welcome, I mean, it would just be another self-help book. That's all. 
and it would just join other self-help books. You know, but what's going on inside of these pages is what's going on inside of us. Because, you know, I've got God inside of me now. And that's what I need. I need that spiritual transformation that the spiritual program of action has given me. And I continue to work these steps. And when I'm around other people who are experiencing that same spiritual transformation, it's powerful. It is electric. It is stimulating. And I want to share it with everyone that I pass. Thank you, Rick J. And Bonnie, you're up, followed by Leah M. Thank you so much. It's actually Bonnie B. Um, Thank you, Lisa, for your service. Bonnie B. from Minnesota, currently in Florida, and so gratefully recovered today. What an incredibly powerful um, paragraph, and the shares have been um, equally as powerful. So there were a handful of things that jumped out to me, and the first one was um, many a man. And this is for everyone who's on the line who has not recovered yet, who has not found what we're talking about. We can't make up the stuff we're talking about. Every single person that's talking on these lines is talking because we've been set free. And it it goes in, you know, it talks about he stepped over a threshold into freedom. The definition of freedom is the state of not being imprisoned or enslaved. Why is it electric? Because we're not imprisoned and enslaved anymore. Um, It's the power to act or to think as one wants without hindrance or restraint. For someone who's been wrestling with this disease for 53 years, to be set free is something worth um, laughing about and shouting about and wanting to share with other people. There's three different types of freedom. The first one is freedom from something. And for me, that was freedom from shame and guilt, um, from comparison, from selfishness, self-seeking, dishonesty, and fear. There's freedom to do something, and that's doing the next right thing because God lives within me, and I get to ask him through that pause and pray, what would you have me to do? And then there's freedom to be, and that's the last question I ask myself many times a day. God, what would you have me to be? What would you have me to be? That's the freedom that they're talking about, and you can't make this up. You know, it says he was impressed by those who visited him. What, what, what is impressing? You know, what, what, when I'm impressed by someone, it's not by what they say. It's by, it's by what they do. It's not the sermon they preach. It's by how they live. And it's the expression on their face. It's the realness in their heart. Again, you can't make this stuff up. Um, and only those that have been enslaved can really understand what that's like to be set free. So for anyone that's on this line that has not... Um, found the hope that we're talking about. And that hope really is connecting to God. I mean, the job description that we have as sponsors and that other, other sponsors had with us was not to, to deliver us, but to take our hand and put our hand into the hand of God. Because God's the one that transforms. God's the one that changes the inside. We can't do it. If we could have done it, we would have done it. And we can't do it, but God can do it, and he will do it, and he wants to do it. And that's the beautiful part. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Bonnie B. And Leah M., you're up. Good morning, everybody. Leah M., recovered compulsive overeater. Um, Many an alcoholic who entered there came away with an answer. Um, You know, this disease grabbed me by the roots of my hair when I was just a little kid and dragged me around and called the shots. 
Um, since I was a kid, I knew I was a compulsive overeater. I didn't know those words. I didn't know it was a disease. I didn't know what I was up against. But I knew it was a force because that force kept growing. Um, you know, starting out at age four, let's say, younger than that, actually, um, and just the heat kept getting hotter. You know, and I just didn't understand the depths to which this disease was going to take me. And I didn't know exactly at that time how, how hot hell was going to get. I didn't see the writing on the wall at that young age. Um, and any reading or understanding and awareness of food addiction never stopped me from compulsive overeating. Um, it was like getting kicked to death by a rabbit. You know, it was there was comfort there, but I was dying. I always felt, you know, ate to feel better, but I always felt worse. Um, and um, I thought I was, you know, free eating whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted, but I was a slave. My life was controlled by the demands of this disease. And I just got to the point where I could not take the pain anymore. Um, and that day actually was 35 years ago, um, January 19th, 1987. Um, <laughs> I couldn't take the pain anymore. And I crawled my way into a facility that was actually designed for alcoholics. And um, I threw my hands up in the air and I said, I can't do this anymore. I can't take this pain anymore. I can't take this pain. I was introduced to alcohol to Overeaters Anonymous five years prior, um, but I did not have an answer yet. And a recovered alcoholic sat me down across the table and cracked open this very text that we read every day and brought it to life for me. And he told me that this was going to be far more than the mere elimination of my trigger foods. This was going to be about a renewed life, a restored life, a rehabilitated life. Because I always believed food and weight were my problem. I didn't understand that when I bring God into that equation through the application, the rigorous application of the steps, I don't have to think the way I used to think, and I don't have to eat the way I used to eat, because I'm not plagued by a delusion that I can wrest satisfaction out of this world if only I manipulate it <laughs> a certain way attempt to manipulate it a certain way. And that's the secret of these 12 steps, which are spiritual in the, nat in the nature, that yes, it is possible to be able to effectuate such a dramatic change in character and values and a whole new life. And with that, I'm so grateful, and I pass. Thanks. Well, thank you, Leah M., and I want to express great gratitude on behalf of the however 400 people that are on the line this morning for you and for your constant service. Um, we have been reading page 160, the second paragraph, Many a Man Yet Dazed. And it looks like we have maybe time for one or two short shares. Anyone? Suzanne K. I heard Suzanne and I heard someone else before Suzanne. Tina Z. Sally D. Tina Jim Z, I believe. Sorry, I'm going to just take two because we have about two and a half minutes. I have Suzanne K. and Tina Z. Suzanne, please share with us. Two minutes. Thank you. Good morning. I'm Suzanne K. Recovering compulsive eater in New Jersey, and I love that I'm getting to say recovering. Um, I look, I, um, my first few meetings, um, I sat there and I said, you guys are crazy. I don't know what you're talking about. 
I don't understand what you're doing, but I knew that I just had to sit and listen. And um, I recently came back, and it's been an amazing journey so far um, with a lot of ups and downs. But I feel that um, I just wanted to share really quickly that I love hearing all the stories from the members of this group, especially from members of Vision. I've heard other stories, but when Vision members share, I connect. And then I feel like I found a home where this beginner can finally rest and know that I'm going to be okay. And I also want to thank my sponsor because she told me she needed me to get three days of clean abstinence for us to continue. And I needed help. So I finally decided I'm going to do whatever I need to do. And I got over the other side, and now I feel a lot better a day at a time just for today. Thank you, everybody, for letting me share, and I'll pass. Thank you, Suzanne Kay and Tina Z. Please share with us. Thank you so much. This is Gina V. from uh, Victoria. And, um, you know, I'm just struck by the the reading and the big book, and it, it is so jam-packed, this book, isn't it? Um, I'm so grateful for becoming out of relapse out of through this meeting um, slowly here um, and, um, and to hear the solution, you know, that there is um, this power greater than myself and it's greater than the disease, you know, it's greater than the, it's greater than the dark. And, uh, you know, the light is conspiring for us, you know, whereas where before it was the dark that was conspiring against me. Right. You know, hated these people, and all of them hated me. And there was a big old hate game going on. But, but you know, now it's the opposite. It's the love, and there's a strength in these rooms that is vital. Like it is a fire that I need for my disease, uh, because my disease is kind of baffling powerful. It's, it's a, it's a like a, uh, like a, a, a somebody said a dirty rat bastard disease, and um, you know the solution is is more is is smarter than that it outsmarts the disease and i just have to succumb to the to the glory of god to the light and it's like that's that's all i have to do you know my food has been my food is being slowly relieved and i'm so grateful that this program isn't the vision isn't about a food plan you know i don't want to get into i don't want to lock horns with anybody about my food i'm i don't want to do that and i don't have to do that here it's like removal of my alcoholic foods thank you very much you know and i I've been around a long time and I don't need to get into that other, you know, control issue with anybody because that's just more of like controlling the lights and the, you know, the lights and the drapes and all the rest of it on the show. And I'm just trying to let God run the show and, uh, and, and, and nobody else. And that's happening for me. I'm so grateful for the fellowship in this program too. All you wonderful people. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. That's it. Thanks. Thank you, Gina V., and thank you to everyone who shared this morning. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Wednesday, January the 19th, 2022, the 7 a.m. Eastern Town Meeting is 18,428. That's 18428. We will now close with the reading from the big book, on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. 
And Nancy T., will you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. I will, thank you. Nancy T., com- recovered compulsive reader in Lewiston, Idaho. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Thank you and